Rutgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5, yes. to the end zone, touchdown, and a dagger! Giannis into the lane, Giannis spinning, fading shot, up, gone for Giannis at the buzzer! Bucks win it! Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast, the podcast for not only them diehard Brewer fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm Tyler, aka T Plush, your host for the evening. And always, as always, I am joined with my two good friends, Sunshine, aka Trevor, and the Vanilla Gorilla, aka Scott, <laughs> who can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor and at Vanilla Seven Gorilla. So we we'll apologize. We have been on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, the as you know, we do a Milwaukee Bucks segment as well. We are kind of feeling a little down about their disappointing end to the season. And then Memorial Day weekend hit. We had people moving, people working, people enjoying life and vacation and drinking lots of beer. So things just did not work out. But we are back here today to record for you and hopefully bring you some good content. Um, so, as you know, this episode is coming out on June 3rd, which means another month of baseball has gone by. So we'll recap the last two series for you. We will uh, kind of talk about the Brewers' uh, injured list situation, and then we'll do a month in review for you, as well as a series preview coming on up. So to get us started here today... Uh, last week, the Brewers took on the Twins for a best of two games, in which they split, winning the first game 5-4 to four and losing the second game 5-3. to three. They were both very entertaining games, um, arguably, you know, two really dang good teams on the respective sides in the American and National League. Um, so it was a lot of good baseball to watch, uh, very exciting, very dramatic. Um, so as always, we will get into our one play and one number that we took away from the series and uh, who wants to get us started here today i'll go because mine's a negative play and i know you guys have good plays uh (laughs) so i'm gonna talk about the one play from the loss to the twins uh it was all knotted up at zero zero um until the one error of the game where hira tries to throw to Arcia to get the double play um, overthrew it and the twins score they go on to take a 5-0 lead in the game uh, and they hold the lead for the rest of the game so um, they talked to here after the game and he said he he just tried to um, set up set up his teammate for the best catch um, but he made the wrong choice and he said he learned from it and he's new to the majors so it's a forgivable offense but one that was very costly in that game you you have seen a couple weird throws by here in his two weeks in the big leagues uh, i don't know if he's trying to rush it or whatnot but i mean he said he said he learned from it so 
Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe it's just the thing of, you know, in the majors, some of the players are faster, the balls hit harder, and, you know, feels like he's rushing type of deal. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure. But I have, you know, besides that play, he's had a few of those throughout. Right, right. And so um, that kind of leads into my number, which was six. That's how many shutout innings both starting pitchers had until uh, until after the sixth where there were 15 total hits by both teams. So it's kind of crazy. Rotation players come in and gave up quite a few hits. <laughs> I like how you reference those rotation players. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bullpen stuff. Bullpen. He's Bullpen. still thinking basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, everything's basketball to me. <laughs> all right um and then my play i didn't go so negative like scott God. i went with in the win um orlando arcia's big two run home run at the time it was three to four so with that two two run home run it was five to four um and that ended up being the final score so just huge Huge home run there for Arcia, which really started a very good road road trip for him. Um, and I'll kind of talk about him a little bit more later. Uh, but one number that I was kind of struggling to find one here, but for me, it was a combination of two players. Um, Arcia being one, and then Keston Hera, who... He has had some struggles defensively, but at the plate, he has been as advertised. I mean, not phenomenal, like batting average numbers. At 261, he was at the end of that twin series. Um, And that's actually where Arcia was as well at that point. But the fact that Hera has been up there, what, two weeks? um, And... Orlando Arcia is not known as a home run hitter, and they are combining for nine home runs already. is kind of crazy, and it's actually more now, but at the end of that twin series, they are a combined nine home runs between the two of them, which I just thought was extremely interesting, knowing that Arcia is not known for that, and Keston has been up for two weeks so the fact that he already has three home runs i just found that really interesting from that series hmm. yeah good points um and then the uh the play i took away from the series um i'm sure you most of you have seen videos was uh jj's awkward catch in game one in which he i don't he like matrix missed the ball was like possessed by a demon bent over backwards and still held on <laughs> it was incredible um ended up i don't know if he's technically hurt on the play but he was definitely a little rattled um obviously he didn't need to pitch in game two um but man those those comebackers are kind of scary um thankfully you know a he was okay and being caught the ball um but that was a, a heck of a highlight by him and then the uh, the number I took away from the series, um, you know, 
even though the Brewers lost game two in which Zach Davies was our starter, um, he did pitch six innings with zero earned runs, um, which ultimately lowered his ERA to 2.19 on the year after that game against the Twins, which made him third best in the majors, um, which is just incredible to think about. We've done plenty of Zach Davies appreciation pods so far this year. Um, but he, he just still continues to amaze me and how well um, he's locating his pitches um, and then, you know, keeping hitters off balance. So shout out to you, Zach Davies. You you better keep it up because <laughs> if he starts to fall there, uh, that's not going to be fun. Uh, do you guys do you have anything else on the uh, Twin Series at all? I do not. No, I think. I think uh, two game series are dumb. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah, they're they're very awkward. That's for sure. And especially being the border rivalry between the Brewers and Twins, you know, everybody's looking forward to that being so close to one another. And then you only get two games. It's like it's kind of a letdown in a way, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, maybe maybe we'll write a letter to the MLB um, saying we don't need any more of those. <laughs> to be continued yeah, I've sent on that. Quite a few. <laughs> uh, so the second series of the week was a four-game set against the Pirates. Um, Brewers ultimately end up taking three out of the four games, winning game one eleven to five, losing game two nine to four, winning game three twelve to ten in. 13 innings, by far the craziest game of the year, um, at least in my opinion, and then winning game four, four to two, so all on the road, good to see the Brewers eking out some victories there, um, saw some incredible performance, performances from lots of people, um, but what do you guys got on this series? I have another bad one. Man, you're such a downer today. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, mine was uh, Starling Marte hit uh, three-run homer on Josh Hader uh, a night. Um, now, what I saw was that caused him to have his first blown save of the year. Is that right? Did I read that right? You're correct. Yeah, so... I mean, the Brewers still ended up winning the game, but um, Hader blew a save, which is just crazy that uh, we're, what, a third of the way through the year? A little over. A little over, and that's his first blown save. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat. Hopefully there's not another one coming up. Yeah, it's... You, yeah, you bring up the blown save part, but I think the other part to focus on is that's the first home run he's given up since I uh, screamed out my car window when he gave up the walk-off homer to Freddie Freeman against Atlanta <laughs> earlier in May. <laughs> um, so it's been a good two or three weeks before he gave up a home run. That one ultimately didn't count as a blown save because the game was tied at the time. Um, but I think it's interesting, you know, um, usually the Brewers kind of use like that approach where they'll say we don't have a designated closer or you know you know, we just need out getters. Right. But Hater's been getting most of the saves this year. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Um, and then, so it, it's not really a stat from the series, but I, I thought it was crazy, so I thought I'd mention it. The number is 13. That's the average number of innings that the Brewers have played over their last five Saturday games. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so in five Saturdays, they've had 65 innings. Is 18, 15, 10, 9, and 13. That's, that's a lot of innings. Wow. Late night Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, right? Best night to go into extra innings. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so for mine, my play, no, I'm not repeating myself. Orlando Arcia had another two-run home run. Um, this one was in game three and it was to put the Brewers up in the 13th inning, 12 to 10. Um, obviously they go on to win that game 12 to 10. So another just massive home run. He had one earlier in that game as well. So Orlando Arcia is really heating up. Um, and just, he's playing phenomenal right now, not only from the power standpoint, but he's, putting the ball in play just in general. Um, One thing I wanted to mention, if you weren't able to watch any games, hopefully you watched the video of Dan Plesak after Matt Matt Albers is fired up. Dan Plesak says, Matt Albers just stepped in a big old bucket of sassy (laughs) on live television. (laughs) And I was like, what is he saying? Um, I just thought he did – it was really weird not having Rock there, but he he was pretty funny, and he had some good insight. But I just thought we needed to mention Dan Plesak because <laughs> he sure was interesting um, during that four-game set with the Pirates. For my number, um, we're going to talk more about Orlando Arce. I mentioned that he's just putting the bat on the ball a lot, and – his average right now is a 264, um, which I think last year he's more close to that 200 number. I'm going to look it up right now, but I just, it's incredible um, how he's able to, or how he's been able to be more of a factor at the plate. Obviously, we know his defense. Um, he does have some errors here and there, but he does make plays that no one else makes. Um, so you live with those errors, but I just think if he's able to continue to hit, you know, even 260 to 275, if that's what we get out of him this year, that is an absolute huge win. And for a guy who is pretty much always in the eight spot, that's a pretty good eight spot in the order. So, if he keeps this up, it's going to help this offense so much. Um, so I'm just hoping hoping he can do that. And if he does that, hopefully we can get him into the All-Star game. Oh, man, you, you got to end with the All-Star game there. Dang. Oh, man. That... <laughs> oh, by the way, um, he batted 236 last year. 236. Interesting. Yeah, RCS. He's been such – I don't even know how to describe him this year. 
just looking at his stats this year, he already has more home runs than he did last year. He has five more walks already than last year, and his slugging percentage is almost 100 points higher than his stat line from last year. So obviously, I mean, that's huge, uh, the way he's contributing like that. Um, thinking back to that 13th inning from the other night, before he hit that bomb, um, I was actually getting a little worried. He kind of had a few of those, you know, swing mode Arceus swings in there where he's just, you know, all up flailing out. He's, like, decided before the pitches come that he's going to swing. And thank the Lord he actually connected with it. Um, but we haven't seen that approach out of him much this year, which obviously that results in the higher walk totals and, you know, overall just being a much better hitter and contributor to the team. Um, so I love what I'm seeing out of Orlando Arcia. And then uh, you mentioned Dan Plesak. Um Funny thing is he's actually one of the com commenters in uh, MLB The Show, and I've heard that expression before, so I was not caught off guard. <laughs> <laughs> but it is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that really threw me off when he said that. Like, <laughs> that was I was so confused. <laughs> it's not your everyday expression, that's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and then to cap things off here, um, uh, the one play I took away out of the Pittsburgh series was Adrian Hauser escaping a bases loaded jam with one out in the 12th inning. Um, at this point, I'm sitting there thinking the game's over, and I'm like, great, we're going to lose this freaking 12-inning game and lose to the Pirates, and I'm kind of mad. And then all of a sudden, Starling Marte ground, hits a grounder to third, and we throw Frazier out at home. And then I'm like, oh, great, now Josh Bell is up. You know, He's on Cody Bellinger-level status this year, and he just presses the issue and strikes out Pretty sure on three straight pitches. <laughs> um, so that was huge out of Adrian Hauser. And, you know, for those of you who forgot, we got Adrian Hauser in that deal where we also got Josh Hader um, in that deal of the Astros giving up Mike Fires oh, yeah. and Carlos Gomez. Carlos or no, yeah. So yep, good product coming out of there. Hopefully, um, you know, we can see more out of him. The reports were when he threw this last fall in fall league ball, he was throwing in triple digits, so 100 miles plus an hour. <laughs> um, we haven't seen that yet this year, maybe just because he's been throwing so much, but he'd be a great weapon to have out of the bullpen if he can, if he can show he can produce at the major league level. Uh, and then the uh, number I took away was the number three. And that was the number of home runs that Mike Moustakis had in the series. Um, he ultimately ended up only playing the first three games of the series due to being hit in the hand in that wild 13-inning game. Um, so hopefully he is okay. Um, he did fracture his ring finger earlier this season, in case you might have forgotten about that. So he was kind of dealing with that for a while. And then also in the last two weeks, he started pounding the ball out of the park. And, you know, it's been huge, him hitting all them home runs, so hopefully this does not set him back. Um, and hopefully he's able to keep that groove and that contusion on his hand is minor. Um, do you guys have anything else you'd like to say from the uh, Pittsburgh series? I have one more thing. Um, Tyler, you mentioned him for the last series, but Zach Davies, 
continues to be very impressive. Um, in the fourth game of that Pirates series, the 4-2 win, um, Zach Davies is out there for eight innings, gives up two runs, um, strikes out three, walks a batter. But the thing that I thought was crazy is he does a really good job of keeping his pitch count down. Um, he had 107 pitches in those eight innings, which is pretty good. Um, just for comparison, Jordan Lyles for the Pirates had 109 in just six innings of work. Um, so that just kind of shows you how good he has been and how efficient he has been. Um, and his ERA just went up ever so slightly. So now it's a 2.20 instead of 2.19. But still phenomenal stuff from Davies today. Amen to that. Um, so with that, we are going to move on to the uh, Brewers' current injured list situation, um, in which it's an interesting one. So if you have not heard, Travis Shaw is guaranteed to rejoin this team. Um, Brewers are off on Monday, so most likely on Tuesday. And our best guess is that Jacob Nottingham will be recalled down to AAA because there's no reason to keep three catchers on a team. Um, so we can almost assume that that's going to happen at this point. And then Jimmy Nelson is going to start Wednesday on his 30th birthday versus the Marlins. Um, so with that, obviously room had to be freed up. So Gio Gonzalez went to the injured list with a dead arm feeling. And Ulysses Chassin went to the injured list um, with some back tightness. I guess he felt some discomfort after a swing. And then the next day it kind of tightened up when he was playing some long toss. So both are heading to the IL. Um, obviously opens the doors for others. Um, but let's let's start with Travis Shaw. Um, what do you guys view his role will be when he returns to this team? Um, I think right away he should be a bat off the bench. Um I mean, Thames has been playing well. He had a home run in this game. He had three RBIs in that final game of the Pirates series. Um, so I think, and then Moose, you talked about, is playing well. Keston here is playing extremely well. Um, I think that whole situation, why mess with it? Just have another guy off the bench um, that can come out and give you good pitch pinch hit at bats. Um, but I feel like Travis Shaw has to improve. Um, he showed us the past two years or so that he can be pretty damn consistent. Um, so I have faith that he's going to come off of this whole injury and the slump that he's going through. Um, but I think starting out as a pinch hitter would be a good place to start. I don't really want them throwing him out there right away. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I do think it might depend on um, Mustakis's hand. See how long he'll be out for. Because um, obviously if he's going to be out for a bit, that gives us more of an urgency maybe to bring Shaw back. Um, but I think it would be best, yeah, to have him on the bench as a pinch hitter for now until he can get out of that funk 
Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Scott. I did not think of how Moose's, you know, how serious his injury could play into his playing time. But, you know, if Moose's injury is serious, then we could see Shaw right back at third right away on Tuesday. Right. Um, personally, what I think the best thing to do with Shaw, though, is he does have some experience at first base. I'd like to just see Aguilar, Thames, and Travis Shaw duke it out at third base. Whoever wants to play the damn position is going to step up and earn it because right now nobody's doing a good job there. So if you keep rotating those three guys in there, eventually someone's got to freaking play up to par. Someone's got to come back to the mean on what they're supposed to be doing. Um, obviously, that candidate would most likely be Travis Shaw. Um, you know, Aguilar kind of that breakout year last year, but that was really his first shot. We you know, he hasn't produced at the major league level consistently like Travis Shaw has. And Eric Thames, you know, he was playing well before he got injured last year, but we know he's basically a home runner strikeout hitter at this point in his career. Uh, so personally, you know, if Moose is okay, I'd just like to see those three guys duke it out at first. I think that's the best thing to do. Someone's got to earn that spot. It's by far our biggest weakness, you know, in the lineup. I like that. I think that's smart. Might as well apply for Craig Council's job, you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that, Trevor? Um, I don't mind it. I mean, you're definitely right that first base has kind of been a rough spot for us this year. Um no one's really showing out. I mean, in the outfield, Braun's done fine. Kane's done fine. Yelich is Christian Yelich. Um, and then everywhere else, Ismani Grandal's been great behind the plate. Um, at least offensively, he's been good. We said Keston's been playing pretty well. Orlando's been playing a lot better. Um, at this point, we might as well freaking put Woody in there just so we have some sort of bat out there. <laughs> oh, that... <laughs> Man, you gotta bring that one up. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> I like oh, that. Shit. I, I changed That's my a... vote to Trevor. <laughs> it's... Yeah. You can't argue against it. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, it's settled. Brandon Woodruff at first base. Watch out. (laughs) Yeah, watch out for your job, counsel. We're coming. Uh, So switching gears here, um, Jimmy Nelson will be starting Wednesday for sure. He is guaranteed that start. Um, If you go five games after that, um, if he would start, it wouldn't be June 11th that he would start after that in which Chasin or Gio, both, I guess, really would be eligible to come off the IL at that point. So he's not guaranteed a second start, basically. Um, But the important part for now is he's guaranteed that first start 21 months, you know, after undergoing that injury, surgery, rehab, everything that he's gone through. Um, You can't think of a man who deserves this the most. Um, It's going to be good to see him back. but you do have to wonder, though, 
what is his future after Wednesday start? Um, what do you guys think about that? Um, he's going to be back in the rotation at some point. I'm not sure if it's going to be right away in June. He's just going to kind of take that role back. Um, but eventually, I feel like he's going to be back in that starting rotation for the stretch run of the season. Whose spot does he take? Well, Scott, I don't know. <laughs> well, if you want Craig Council's job, you better think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... That's it's a, a good problem to have. That's a later in the month problem. Let's see. Let's see how he pitches on Wednesday. Yep. Well, whose spot does he take then, Scott, if he pitches well? He's gonna pitch every game. He's gonna be a starting pitcher <laughs> every game. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Why don't more teams do that? Like, if I have, if I have an ace. I'm using them every day. Iron arm, yes. <laughs> well, I, I think no we idea. we discussed uh, the last time we podcasted about how we labeled Chase Anderson as our bubble starting pitcher, and well, against the Pirates, he he didn't pitch bad. He's just he's just working deep into counts. His pitch count gets really high, which allows him not to pitch deep into games. Um, so you know if. If Jimmy pitches well and they want to give him another start, that that could be the way to go. Sending uh, Chase down, or or excuse me, sending yeah, sending Chase down, or you could send Freddie or Corbin down to the minors. I guess they both have options left and move Chase to the bullpen. So oh, those are liable options if Jimmy Nelson pitches well. But only time will tell on that, I suppose. For now, we will just remain excited that he's going to be back in the big leagues. Um, so next we're going to move into a segment uh, called Month in Review. We did this for the month of April, so we are going to first go off one thing that we liked that the Brewers did. Um, this month, for the record, the Brewers went 15-12 and 12 in May, which at the end of May put them at 32-26, and 26, um, which obviously puts them... Six games above 500 after finishing April 17 and 14. So finishing three games above 500 each of the first two months is not bad by any means, especially given the strength of their schedule. May saw us win seven games in a row in early May. Um, during that streak, we had two sweeps. Our longest losing streak of the month was three games. And um, by my math, I've saw a different couple um, potential win theories based off this, but in my mind, if the Brewers finish three games, win three games more than they lose every month, that would put them on pace for 99 wins in the se- in the season, which is incredible um, and weird to think about. Um, but let's move into our review here. Give me one thing that you guys liked that happened in Brewer Nation this month. Uh, I like that they called up Hira. They're giving him a chance. I like. I think we've talked about that a couple times, and um, I mean, 
with uh, with our first base guys struggling, with Shaw struggling. Um, I think it's exciting. Uh, it's been doing well so far, minus like uh, we talked about earlier, those maybe those couple throws that he maybe isn't making the best throws on. But uh, I mean, he's still new to this um, to the majors right now, so. I'm excited that they're giving him a chance. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so I went a little bit um, out of the box here. And I've just noticed watching Brewer games that whether it's a Tuesday night, a Saturday night, a Thursday, a Wednesday day game, it just feels like Miller Park is always packed. Um, and what made me think of this was ESPN came out with an article um, saying that for the fourth year in a row, average MLB attendance continues to fall. Um, they compared it to a similar time in those last four seasons. Um, so right now the average attendance throughout baseball is 26,854. Um, in the month of May, the Brewers had an average attendance at, at Miller Park of 34,457. So almost a 6,000 person increase there, or 8,000, excuse me. Um, and then the season average for the Brewers is ever so slightly less than what they had in May and it's 34,240 people. Um, so based on those numbers, it really it really shows that what my eyes are seeing is correct. Like Brewer fans are showing out this year. Um, if you could just go back to 2016, so just three years ago, the Brewers were averaging about 28,500 people about um, – so a big 6,000 people jump in just those three years. It's been going up ever since then. So great job, Brewer fans. Keep it up. Hell yeah. That that makes my heart happy. That is the greatest thing I could have heard all day. <laughs> See Brewer fans <laughs> out there. Hey, we talked about this on the Bucks podcast, but this is an exciting time to live in Milwaukee. The Bucks are up and rising. The Brewers are hopefully putting together another deep playoff run team. It's exciting to be a Wisconsin sports fan and living in Milwaukee where you have two of those teams really close by to one another. You have to go out and show your support. Um, God, those numbers are incredible, especially given, you know, how you said uh, throughout the MLB numbers are continuing to drop. So kudos to you, Brewer fans, you know, I've only been to one game this year, but it's on my bucket list to someday be a season ticket holder, so hopefully I can contribute to these attendance numbers more in the future, especially once I move back to Wisconsin. But that's another topic for another time. Um, the one thing I liked from the Brewers this month um, was the amount of walks that they drew. There was 115 walks by Brewer batters in the month of May, which put them sixth in the majors um, as of June 1st. Um, with a total of 221. So drawing over 100 walks um, each of the first two months of the season, 
Um, really shows a testament to the Brewers' patience as hitters, um, working those starters, you know, not only deep in the counts, but forcing them out of games early. Um, and then it's contagious, you know, throughout the lineup. Like I said earlier, Orlando Arcia has drawn more walks this year than he did last year. Uh, so it spreads. Um, very, very proud of what the Brewers are doing at the plate. Um, so next I'd like to move into a segment that we like to call Cup Check, where we give um, one player, um, you know, a kick in the nads, someone who needs to get um, their butt out of gear and start performing well. And uh, who would you guys like to nominate for this month's Cup Check? Uh, I, I was going to double fist our first baseman. <laughs> like you mentioned uh, we need somebody on first base that's going to produce uh, right now it's Thames and Aguilar uh, kind of trying to see if one of them will figure it out so figure like a double pump just one fist to each of them uh, hopefully, hopefully at least one of them figures it out and if Shaw starts playing some first Hopefully one of those three can put something together. So that's my that's my multiple cup check. <laughs> All right. So mine is going to be Corbin Burns. I've tried to be on his side for a long time um, for most of the season so far, but he's been so frustrating this year. Um Side note before I get too far, he did get a two-out save in the 4-2 win in the finale against the Pirates, but even with that, he is having a really tough year. Um, ERA almost 10, 9.92. He's pitched in 15 games this year. And then some interesting things, just to tell you, how much better he was last year to this year and why it's so frustrating is he pitched in 38 innings last year um, and he's at 32 and two thirds this year. Um, So he's at less innings pitched this year, but he has given up 19 more hits and the earned run is kind of crazy. Um, so last year he gave up 11. This year he's given up 36. So he has given up 25 more earned runs than he did last year. And he has five and a third less innings pitched. So it's kind of crazy how much he's really struggling this year. And... Yeah, that's my nomination to give a swift kick in the nads. Hopefully can pick it up. Wow. Uh, and my cup check nominee, uh, similar to Scott's, went to Eric Thames. Um, solely because of the fact Aguilar was struggling. He went through a period where he got benched. And Eric Thames is, you know, basically given, you know, the council basically told him, said, go out and win this position. And... He's not done it. Throughout the month of May, he batted 210 with only 13 hits, had one homer, and five RBIs playing in 22 games. Um, obviously, today, um, June 2nd, he had one homer and three RBIs in a win against the Pirates, but those are June numbers, so they do not count in what I just said. Um, 
But all together, I think given the fact uh, me and Scott both uh, decided to cup check first baseman, I think that's who we're going to have to, you know, give a double fist in the nads to is our first baseman. Um, cause Boom. It's, it's nice been rough. Push it's pop. been rough there. Corbin Burns, yes, he he has not performed well. Um, but thankfully, we have other bullpen guys to hopefully save our asses. So... <laughs> Hopefully he turns it around as well. Uh, looking forward to this week, the Brewers have uh, three games against the worst team in the majors, the Miami Marlins, at home. And then another three games against the Pirates. Um, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to go out and say that this seems like a cakewalk of a week. The Brewers fucking sweep this week. 6-0. and oh. That's my prediction. That would be fucking incredible. Um, that would be great. It sure the hell and would be. That's a good. That's a good time for Jimmy Nelson to come back against the fucking Marlins. I predict that's the one game we lose. Fuck off, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> God dang it! You're the worst. What? Ugh. I'm being realistic. Come on. <laughs> Wow, screw that guy. (laughs) Uh, We'll see on Wednesday. It's true. All right, once the Brewers win on Wednesday at Vanilla 7 Gorilla, give him the most shit in the entire world. (laughs) But for now, Brewer fans, enjoy your Brewers as you wake up on this Monday morning. Are in first place by a game and a half. The Cubs just got swept by the Cardinals. The Brewers' schedule um, is getting a lot easier, so hopefully we can gain some ground now that we have taken the lead since the first time since April 18th. Uh, So hopefully build on that lead. Make sure you are voting Brewers for the All-Star Game, which is quickly approaching within a little over a month from now. You can do that on the MLB website, or apparently can do it on Google this year. Have not done that yet. But do you guys have any final thoughts as we wrap up another week in the regular season? Nah. Is it October yet? Man, I wish. (laughs) We're getting there. One week at a time. We will see you next week, Brewer fans. Adios, amigos. Adios.